Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Jar. My name is Chris, and we are so glad that you chose uh, to hang out with us today. A couple weeks ago, after church, I had a leader in the church who uh, stopped me and said, Hey, uh, would you be open to having breakfast uh, sometime next week? And I said, sure, no problem. I love to eat, and uh, so that's never a problem. I said, sure. And he said, well, I'll send you a text, and then we can do that. And so uh, that next week, I got this text from him that said, Hey, Chris, how's Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday next week for breakfast? 8 a.m. And on that exact same day, I got another text from a leader in the church, and she said this. She said, Hey, CB, I have a few ideas I wanted to talk to you about. Is there time this week we could talk? Now, have you ever gotten a text or multiple texts from people in your life who you really like and you would really like to hang out with, but when you look at your calendar or you look at your schedule, you're like, there's no way. There's like absolutely no way. Anybody ever been there before? Okay. Many of us, right? And uh, for me, uh, that's kind of where I was on that day. Well, today what I want to talk about is choosing the important over the urgent. People will always want to have time with you. They'll text you. They'll want to be a part of your life. And we want to do that. But not always their urgency is our emergency. So we want to talk about choosing the important over the urgent. And I'd like to begin this morning by simply asking you this question How many of you wish you had more time to do what you really want to do? Okay. How many of you wish you had some more time to do something that's like really important to you? Uh, Maybe it is to spend some time with your friends. Maybe it's, hey, I need some more time just to read. Maybe you would like to spend more time with your own kids. Maybe you'd like to rest. Whatever it is, all of us, regardless of who we are, probably have a tendency to say, I wish I had more time to do something, but I just don't have enough time. Now, why is that? Why is that? Well, I don't know if you've noticed this recently or not, but what I've noticed is that many times when I ask people, like, how are you doing? What do you think their number one response is? Okay, so turn to the person beside you. Uh, If a person were to ask you, what are you doing? What's the number one response? Go ahead, turn to the person, give them the answer. Anybody want to take a guess? No, it used to be fine. You know what it is now? Busy. I'm just busy. I'm just busy, 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 busy. I am so busy. Busy. I'm busy. And you know, I have never asked this question before. How are you doing? And a person has said, I'm relaxed. I'm just like so chill. I am so relaxed. I am so calm. I never get that response. Folks, no matter who you are, you choose to have time for what you choose to have time for. 
I mean, the truth is, we all have time for what we choose to have time for. You do, and I do. I choose how I spend my time, and you choose how you spend your time. The question is, are we choosing the important things, or are we always getting sucked in to the urgent things? Are we choosing the important things, or are we always getting sucked into the urgent things? So today, what I'd like to do is I'd like to empower you to actually choose the important over the urgent. To choose the important things over the urgent. Now, to better understand this, I want us to look at a a passage of Scripture that's found in the New Testament, the second half of the Bible. And it's a story that Jesus gives in Luke chapter 10. Now... What you need to understand in this story is that there are two sisters. And one is named Mary and the other one's named Martha. Kind of sounds like a sitcom, doesn't it? Mary and Martha. We'd all watch that, wouldn't we? Uh, and so that's kind of the story. And what we're going to find out is that Mary in this story uh, does something that many of us don't do. But Martha does something that many of us do when someone comes to our house. Martha became overwhelmed by the urgent rather than focusing on what is most important. So in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38, this is what we read. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, and what we're going to see is that Mary actually chooses what is most important. Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Mary chooses what is most important. She chooses to spend time with Jesus. Martha, on the other hand, like many of us, becomes surrounded by the urgent. Now... Verse 40 goes on to say this. But Martha was, what's the next word? What was she? She was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. In other words, Martha like wigs out. She just like wigs out. And she starts going around the house and cleaning and getting everything ready. And I don't blame her, do you? I mean, if Jesus was coming to your house, what would you do? At a minimum, you would clean the toilets, right? Like you'd want to make sure those were ready so Jesus got there and, and she's wigged out and she's going around and she's like cleaning everything like a fiend and she was distracted by so much. And then look at what Martha does. She's cleaning everything and then she rats her sister out. Any of you with siblings, has your sibling ever ratted you out before? Huh? Yeah. And... What do you do in that? You get upset. This is what Martha says. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me out. Martha's like, Jesus, look, I mean, Mary's just sitting there. She's just lazy. She's not doing anything whatsoever. Tell her to do something. Take my side, Jesus. Sounds like a whiner, doesn't it? Huh? Take my side. 
And here, Martha becomes so distracted by all the preparations that she focuses on the urgent rather than what was most important right in front of her. You know, I wonder today how many of you, including myself, have a tendency to focus on the urgent and get sucked into that rather than to focus on what's most important. In fact, in your program, uh, either the program you received this morning or for those of you that are on the stream on the app or if you have your phone out, I gave a question that I hope many of you will answer today, maybe even right now. And here's the question. What's the most important thing you've been distracted from pursuing? What is the most important thing in, in your world right now that you have become distracted from pursuing? Now, for some of you, maybe you've been distracted like, uh, you know, Martha was. And you got distracted from actually spending time with Jesus. I mean, if truth were told, you can't remember the last time that you read the Bible or you prayed or you spent some time. Maybe for others of you... You've been distracted by spending time with your kids. You've been so focused on work and getting the work done and doing that and you've neglected them. Or maybe your kids have become the center set of your life. You're focusing everything on your kids. And the reality is you look at your marriage and you think, man, we're not really connecting anymore. Why aren't we connecting like we used to? Maybe that's where you've been distracted. Maybe for others of you... Um, it's your body. Uh, you get so overwhelmed by all the urgent things that you're not caring for your body, whether it's exercise or eating the right things. Maybe for some of you, it's actually something that's internal. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's some sin in your life. And the, the deal is, is that you're refusing to actually handle it. You're refusing to deal with And so you have this tendency to focus on the urgent things, but you're forgetting about what is most important. Well, Martha is very distracted. And so in verse 41, Jesus says this, Martha, Martha. Now, let me just say this. If Jesus has to say your name twice, you're in trouble. Okay? That's all I'm saying. So this is what she says. Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. Man, if that was a life verse, some of you would take that, wouldn't you? You're like, that's me. I'm just worried and upset and fretted. That's what they say down south. You fretted? I'm fretted. I'm worried and I'm upset. Some of you, that's kind of where you're at, freaking out. But Jesus says this, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has, what's the next word? Chosen. It's a choice. Mary actually has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. You see, folks, both Mary and Martha had a choice. Martha chose the urgent. Mary chose the important. And I'm telling you, you've got to be extremely intentional about this. Because if not, what will happen constantly is that the urgent will crowd out the important. Have you ever noticed that? The urgent always has a tendency to crowd out the important unless you're intentional 
about how you do that. So for the rest of our time, what I want to do is share with you three ways that hopefully can help you to choose the important over the urgent by looking at practical things that you can do of choosing um, what is most important. The first thing that I'd encourage you to do is to create an artificial deadline. We're going to create artificial deadlines. Now, some of you might be wondering, what is an artificial deadline? What is an artificial deadline? So you might want to write this down. An artificial deadline is an artificial deadline. Woo! Mind-blowing. It's a fake deadline, folks. It's not real. It is artificial. I learned this uh, several years ago when I went to a time management class, and it's been extremely helpful uh, in my own life. For example, uh, the teaching that I'm doing right now, in this moment, right now, uh, when is it due? Well, technically, it's due at 9.20 a.m. on Sunday morning. That's when it's due. And what happened was I used to many times go all the way up until the morning of working on this. I used to call them the Saturday night, Sunday morning specials. Guess what? They were not that special. Some of you are like, yes, I remember those. They were not good. And so what happened was I realized this is a really important thing in my life. And so several years ago, we had a snow Sunday and I had a choice whether I was going to keep working on the next teaching or I was going to take the week off. And I was like, this is so important to God and what I do for my job that I'm just going to keep on working. And so now I have an artificial deadline that is two Fridays before Sunday morning that the teaching has to be done. And I'm telling you, by me doing that, It has taken off so much stress from my life, even though I don't have to have it done then, because I already have the teaching done from the week before. What it does is it allows me to focus on some other important things, like being able to lead the staff and to be able to serve you, and and most of all, to be able to love on my family, my, my wife and my kids. But it all began, folks, when I actually forced myself to do an artificial deadline so that I would be ahead And I wouldn't feel the angst of the pressure of always focusing in on the urgent. So, let me ask you this. How could you apply this to your life this week? Let's say, for instance, you need to clean your house or you need to clean your apartment. And we all need to do that. And this is what you do. If you live by yourself, you just say it in your brain. But if there are other people that are in your house, you call out... One hour, we're cleaning the house. And for one hour, you go at it. That's it. Because the truth is this, right? You could spend four hours. You could spend all day. You could spend all weekend and cleaning the baseboards and, you know, the cobwebs and everything. You could do it all and you still would not get it all done. And do you know why? Because especially if you have kids, they follow you into rooms. 
I did it this last week. I had cleaned the entire family room. It was all done. It looked great. I went into the kitchen. I started working on some dishes. And my two teenage girls went in and started watching Marvel movies, which is the death of me right now. Because they do absolutely nothing else. And they messed it all up just in a short period of time. Folks, you can't get it all done. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to say, we're going to do this much, and then we're going to have freedom to go do what else is most important. We're going to use some artificial deadlines in our life because it'll free us up to be able to do the most important things. Now, the second thing that you need to do uh, is this. You are ruthlessly selective in your yeses. You are ruthlessly selective in your yeses. Folks, you need to be incredibly careful and prayerful on what you say yes to. Because the reality is, you can get in much more trouble saying yes to something than saying no to something. Have you noticed that? You can get in so much more trouble in your world by saying yes to something than saying no to something. Now, earlier in the teaching, I asked you guys, uh, when we asked the question, um, how are you doing? The number one response that we get from people is what? You remember? Busy. That's right. I'm busy. I'm just busy, busy, busy. Now, this is what I want you to know. Busyness does not necessarily equal productivity. Some of you need to write that down. Busyness does not necessarily equal productivity. Busyness does not necessarily equal meaning. Busyness does not necessarily equal a fulfilled life. In fact, you know what some of you need to do? Instead of always having a to-do list, you need to have a to-don't list. There are just... Some of you are like, what is he talking about? No, you need a to-don't list. There are just some things I'm not going to do because I want to focus on what is most important. You know, the most successful people that I know are very strategic and they say no to many good opportunities all the time. Why? So that they can say yes to the best. You say no to the good, but you say yes to the best. My wife, Jennifer, who is a, a great leader in herself, and I learned so much from her, uh, she often says this to me. Um, she'll say, Chris, every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Think about that for a second. Every time you say yes to something, you are categorically saying no to something else. So say yes to the best things, the things that are most important. Now, many times uh, people will look at my calendar and they'll say, Chris, how do you do it all? And this is what I say. I don't do it all. I don't. I mean, there is no way I could do all that is asked of me. I, I couldn't. And that's why I have an amazing staff. 
And the staff have gifts that I don't have that are so much better and they, they take things off my plate. By the way, uh, before you leave today, any of the staff that are here, for those of you that are on the stream, send an email or a thank you. Thank them for what they do in this church. Because in the midst of a pandemic, we had to change so many things and do everything that people don't even realize uh, some of the pressure that they were under. But they do those things and they do it with a sense of joy because they want to serve you. And so there is no way I would ever have the capacity to do everything that I need to do. And so what I have to do is I have to say no to a lot of good things so that I can say yes to the best things. And here's what I realize, is that I have to be ruthlessly selective in my yeses. A third thing of how to choose what is important, and this is a big one, is this. We're going to do first what matters most. We're actually going to do first what matters most. Now, in looking at the story of Mary and Martha... What would you say in this story mattered most? What mattered most? Crickets. What mattered most? Jesus, like spending time. Exactly. If you don't know the right answer in church, just say Jesus. You're going to be close, you know? Now, the most important thing was spending time with Jesus. Time with Jesus matters most, and Mary chose what was better. She sat at the feet of Jesus, and it would not be taken away from her. So, I'm not saying this for everybody, because some of you I know are just checking out this whole Jesus thing. But for those of you who would say, man, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus, how are you doing with spending the first part of your day... With him. Do you spend the first part of your day or has he kind of dropped off the radar? Is it kind of like later in the day or maybe not in the day or just once a week or twice a week or three times a week? Like, what is it? And folks, I don't want to be legalistic about this, but it's true that the most important thing you can do when you first wake up, the very first thing that you can do, the most important is to spend time with Jesus. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to spend tons of time, but you make the first part of your day with Him, even if it's just five minutes to focus in on him. In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. He said, "Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you." You see, the problem is is that for many of us, we're seeking everything else first, and then we're wondering why sometimes we're so depleted and so exhausted, and so overwhelmed, and why our life doesn't matter, well, the key is, what are you seeking first? That's why I've shared this before. Before I ever get out of 
the bed, the first five minutes, I surrender my mind to Christ. And then I just go down from there. I surrender my mind, my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart, my hands, my feet. I surrender my whole body to Him before I even get out of bed. Because I need to be realigned with God at the beginning of my day. And then after that time, I'll get out my Bible later in the morning and I read that and I pray and I spend a little time just trying to listen to his voice. And do you know why I do these things? Some of you might say, well, you're a pastor. Like, that's what you should do, right? No, 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 no. You know why I do these things? Because I am so weak and I have a tendency to become so anxious that I need him at the beginning of my day or otherwise I'll be messed up. My life without doing that discipline would be a train wreck if I don't put him first. So folks, what matters most is what should go on your calendar first. And for me, uh, if you look to my calendar, the very first thing is spending time with God in the morning. And I want to spend time with my wife and I want to spend time with my kids. I want to spend time serving you. I want to exercise all of these things, go in there. And if anything else gets added, it's after those because those are priorities to me. I put those down first. Now, do I always get these things right? No. I mess up all the time and I say yes to many things and things happen. But I'm trying, folks, I'm really trying to choose the important over the urgent as I go through my day. So I'd like to close by just sharing with you a couple of stories of how this has literally impacted my life. Now, the first story I want to share with you uh, deals with my wife, Jennifer. Now, Jennifer, she loves to host people in our home. And uh, she's good at it. And since the very beginning days of the JAR, uh, we've always had a small group uh, that meets on Monday nights. Now, to be honest, for like years and years and years, um, Jennifer would become a cleaning fiend on Sunday night before the people came. She would just start cleaning and cleaning and cleaning and she would like be spinning around. I mean, uh, it was just crazy how much she would clean and she would clean everything up and she'd say, well, I want to clean because I love people and I want them to come and I want them to have a nice clean place where they can come in and it'll be peaceful and they can be connected and everything can be together. But I want you to know, folks, that her cleaning did not help our marriage. Because on Sunday night, she would start cleaning and cleaning and cleaning. And we would start to fight. And then Monday afternoon would come and we would fight more. I mean, she likes to fight. She might be little. She's only 5'1". But she likes to fight when things are not being done or the toilet seats are not down. I'm just telling you. One of the two. I'm the only guy in the, in the house. The seats have to be down. Well, shortly after our youngest daughter, Shiloh, was born, Jennifer was just so exhausted with an infant and this uh, uh, toddler. And she came to me one day and she's like, I can't do it anymore. I was like, why, why can't you do it anymore? She's like, I just can't clean and keep doing this like I'm doing. What if we actually put people above cleaning? And I looked at her 
And I don't get Pentecostal very often, but every once in a while, you just do. And when she said those words, let's put people above cleaning, I was like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Because this is what I was waiting for. And now I want you to know, our house has not been cleaned since 2011. Yeah. But, but we have all kinds of people that come over our house all the time and we have so much fun. But it all came down, folks, for Jennifer to a choice. Now, the moment that took place for me happened about five years ago. My oldest daughter, Jordan, was nine years old. And uh, she walked into my study at uh, our house. And the door was purposely closed because I was working on one of those Saturday night specials at the time. And I was trying to get everything done and some emails and I felt the pressure to get it done because I did not create an artificial deadline. And she just walks in with this piece of paper in her hand and she says, hey, dad, I really need to share something with you. And I looked at her. I was like, can't you see I'm doing something important here? Like God's work. And you know what? I can't be distracted. And so she's like, oh, okay, dad. And so she walked out. And uh, I got done what I needed, and I went into the family room, and I started watching a basketball game. And about that time, uh, as I'm watching the game, Jordan walks in with the same piece of paper. She walks right in front of the TV as I'm watching IU basketball, which is a no-no. And she looked at me, and she's like, hey, Dad, do you have time for me now? I really wanted to show you something. And I'm like, Move! I mean, I'm sad to say it, but I did. I said, would you just move? I'm watching the game. I'll come get you. And she walked out of the room with this piece of paper in her hand. And all of a sudden, I felt this conviction by the Holy Spirit. You're an idiot. Do you realize that sometimes God doesn't mess around? He tells you exactly what you need to know in that moment. And he said, you're an idiot. And then I felt this prompting. The distractions in your life are not your little girl. But it's your work and it's your precious game that you're watching. And so I got out of my chair and I walked to where Jordan was at in the other room and I was like, hey, sis, sorry, I have time. And she pulled out this piece of paper. It was a progress report. She had all A's, and she wanted to show it to me. And it was in that moment that I realized that prompting was correct. I was an idiot. I was an idiot. You see, folks, sometimes we get so consumed and so possessed by our work or our to-do list or the other things that are so important that we think are important, but they're really not that important. They're just urgent. They're just urgent. And many times we spend so much stuff on the urgent things that we forget about the important. Well, it was after that time that I decided, man, i got to get my life together a little bit in this area of parenting and priority and so I got some counseling, and, and one of the things the counselor said, what's the most important things in your life? And I said, well, my relationship with God and my family. And they said, well, that needs to be the priority. And so now I have an open-door policy with both of my girls, even if the door is closed, which it often is, because I'm male and I can't multitask, 
They know that they can walk in. And they did it yesterday. They walk in. They sit on the couch. They talk to me. And I do not care. And I do not get upset uh, like I used to because I know that, that what they're sharing is what's most important. They're important. The work and everything else. It's just urgent. A few weeks ago, my uh, 14-year-old daughter, Jordan, uh, sent me a text, and this is what she said. She said, thanks, Padre, uh, for always being at my sporting events. I know I'll always do well if you're there. I love you. And then attached to that, she had this gif right here. I love you more than bacon. Now... I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but I'm assuming that it is. I love you more than bacon. Folks, I don't always get it right. You don't always get it right. But I'm telling you, we've got to fight for the important over whatever it is that is urgent. And the way that we do that is we say the first part of our day, even if it's just five minutes, I'm going to realign myself with God. I'm going to give myself to Him. And I'm not going to get sucked into the urgent things because I choose how to spend my time. You choose how to spend your time. And when we get distracted by the things of this world... May we be more like Mary, who chose the most important thing of being with Jesus. The reality is, you get to choose how you spend your time. And it's my prayer that you would choose the important over the urgent. Let's stand for closing prayer. Father, uh, thank you so much for, first of all, choosing us. And God, would you give us the wisdom to choose the best over just what is good. Wisdom to actually say no to the good so that we can say yes to the best. God, help us to choose what is important over what is urgent. Now, maybe you're standing there and the fact is when you think about your life, there's an area that you're neglecting. Maybe it's your relationship with God. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your relationship with your kids. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's something else. Whatever that is, if you were to say today... God, I want to change this. God, I need your help. I can't do it on my own. But God, I want to stop neglecting this area. I want to make it more important. If there's something in your life where you're ready to say, I want to choose what is important. This area, I want to make it more important. Would you just raise your hand wherever you're at? For those of you that are on the stream, uh, you can just go ahead and click, say, Yes, me. I want to change this area of my life. Just lift up your hand and let me pray for you. 
God, I pray for each person with a raised hand. God, give them the courage to say no to the urgent things that have been causing them to neglect the important things. Help them to ignore the distractions that come so much around us so that they can align their hearts with you and the most important things in their life. Help us, God, to choose whatever it is that we say this is more important and I've been neglecting it over the urgent. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.